Have you ever fallen victim to a nursing thought virus? Let's talk the symptoms and the treatment on Episode 7 of The Nurse Keith Show. Welcome to The Nurse Keith Show where I share with you the education and inspiration you need to take your nursing career to the next level. The Nurse Keith Show is your destination for savvy and up-to-date information that will assist you in creating the most satisfying nursing and healthcare career possible. Welcome and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Nurse Keith Show. This is Episode 7, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Thanks again to everyone for the emails and tweets and the messages on Facebook. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you're back. And I have some really interesting and informative information for you today. You know, a few months ago, someone gave me a six-CD set of Dr. Wayne Dyer. He's an inspirational speaker who may wax a little too new-agey for me from time to time, but he still has a lot of great things to say nonetheless. Some of you may have heard of him, or maybe you'll look him up now that you've heard me talk about him. It's Wayne Dyer, D-Y-E-R. He's an interesting guy, and I recommend you check him out. You know, one of the things that stuck with me from Dr. Dyer's lectures was the notion of thought viruses and how they very much pervade our culture and our society. While Dr. Dyer may not have coined the term thought virus, he has some really powerful things to say about the concept, and it's worthwhile to pay attention to something so potentially life-changing. So if you're a nurse or a healthcare professional listening to this recording, you likely picture viruses as organisms that wreak havoc on mucous membranes and the health of patients. They insert themselves into lungs, skin, throats, sinuses, and all manner of body cavities. Viruses are believed to occupy a gray area between the living and the non-living. And even if they're not really alive, they can do a heck of a lot of damage, can't they? So viruses are indeed invaders, and they're not welcome wherever they're found, right? They can make us sick, they can make us miserable, and even worse, they can kill us. Viruses are hard to eradicate, and try as we might, the human race has done relatively little to combat them in the bigger picture. In fact, some viruses are actually strengthened by our interventions, and they mutate before our very eyes. Take HIV, for instance. It's a shifty little bugger, and its admittedly brilliant mutations have caused it to become resistant to dozens of drugs, and we just have to keep running alongside, hoping we can get ahead in the race to head it off at the proverbial pass. At this point in the podcast, you're probably wondering how I'll relate the notion of viruses to your nursing career, so just indulge me for a second, and we'll get there forthwith. Like physical viruses, thought viruses are unwelcome guests as well, but rather than being unwanted guests in our bodies, they're guests in our heads, in our spirits, in our minds, and in our hearts, and they themselves wreak havoc with our self-esteem and our ability to be effective in the world, both personally and professionally. Thought viruses may very well float around in the air like regular viruses, and they can also be passed from person to person, from parent to child, and even from nurse to nurse. And you know what? 
The media also bears an enormous responsibility for the propagation and dissemination of countless thought viruses that invade our society and poison our minds individually and collectively, including thought viruses and misinformation about health, about health care, and even about what nurses do and who nurses are. So are you intrigued? Are you wondering what I'm talking about? Do you wonder if I've gone crazy? Well, I assure you, Nurse Keith has not gone crazy, even though this notion of thought viruses may seem rather odd at the moment. Thought viruses within the nursing profession are particularly noxious, and they cause many of us nurses to think poorly about ourselves. These viruses impact our professional self-esteem, and they can be an energetic Achilles heel in terms of moving ourselves forward professionally. Or what do you think is a powerful nursing thought virus? How about the way we often say, well, I'm just a nurse? You know, placing that word just before the word nurse is one of the most diminishing, self-deprecating, damaging things that you can say about yourself and your profession. And this virus is easily passed on to other nurses, as well as the public and other professionals with whom you work. What does it say to other nurses and professionals when you say that you're just a nurse? What does that particular thought virus communicate about your intelligence, your training, your skill, and your relevance within healthcare? Have you heard a new nurse say that she's just a nurse? Have you heard a nursing professor, preceptor, or another nursing professional use that pejorative as well? What about physicians? What does it mean if a doctor says that you're just a nurse? Are you less than the doctor? Are you less important and less clinically effective? Do you have less to contribute to patient care and patient outcomes? You see, thought viruses start somewhere, and it's often hard to say where they start, isn't it? And like memes, they propagate and they get picked up by others and they expand exponentially in widespread use. So, for instance, have you ever wondered how we all started saying guys when we're referring to a group of people? When did women begin accepting being called guys? And how did we come to a point where we use guises as a possessive noun? An example being this statement, I love you guys' website. Now, maybe I sound like the grammar police here, but I never use the term guys unless I'm referring to a group of men. And I actually shudder at the thought of how that term has become... I guess you could say ubiquitous as a thought virus in our culture. So that, my friends, is actually a thought virus, but as a writer and an editor, I also think it's a word virus and a grammar virus. So getting back to nursing, another thought virus in nursing is that if you don't work in a unit or a facility where there are machines that go blip and bleep and ping, then you're not a real nurse. It's certainly true. So you have a lot of nurses who work in ICU, CCU, PACU, and those other clinically and technologically intensive forms of nursing. And those people are very skilled clinicians doing really important life-saving work. And we're all really thankful for them and what they do, aren't we? However, nurses who work in schools, offices, factories, insurance companies, or even doctor's offices, they have just as much professional validity as nurses in the ICU and the CCU. And those nurses need to own their professional integrity and not propagate the thought virus that says they're not real nurses. For nurses, another related thought virus is that those of us without hospital experience aren't real nurses. You see, I've never worked in a hospital in the course of my 18 years. I graduated from nursing school in 1996, but does that make me less of a nurse because I haven't worked in a hospital since 1996? 
Does my lack of hospital experience discount my years of experience in home care and hospice and public health and community health? You see, thought viruses permeate the wider culture, but they also permeate our culture of nursing. Nurses pass thought viruses to one another. Older nurses pass them on to younger nurses. And you know what? We begin to believe those viruses. We internalize them and we make them real. Take the thought virus that nurses eat their young. If we continue to repeat that phrase and collectively embody that idea, we then begin to accept it as truth, right? Oh yeah, nurses eat their young. That's just what happens. That's just what nurses do. And then if we expect nurses to eat their young and we accept it as par for the course, we'll be so disempowered that we won't fight against that powerful virus that's grabbed hold of our collective nursing consciousness. Nursing thought viruses can become epidemic in scope, and you've probably seen this yourselves. And like real viruses, they can mutate. They take on a new life, and they expand into dark corners, and they gum up the works. They interfere with our professional development, and it otherwise stunts our growth as nurses and professionals. Just as some physical viruses may mutate and become resistant to treatment and intervention, so thought viruses also can resist our efforts to decrease their power and eradicate them. Nurses eating their young is just one example, and the mutation and growth of that virus spreads like wildfire and it disrupts the fabric of our profession. In terms of your own individual professional development, you may yourself internalize and firmly believe many thought viruses that you've been fed by professors, by preceptors, by high school teachers, fellow nurses, doctors, by the society at large, by the media, and even by your parents and your family. So try some of these thought viruses on for size, okay? You're not smart enough. Nurses are people who aren't smart enough to become doctors. Male nurses are effeminate men who are too lame to study medicine. Old nurses don't understand technology and they can't learn new 21st century skills. It's a bad economy out there and there are no jobs. You can't leave your job, you'll never find another one. Nurses can't start their own businesses, they just don't understand business and they never will. Nurse burnout is inevitable. A new nurse without med surge experience isn't worth hiring. These are thought viruses, folks, and do any of them sound familiar to you? So let me tell you a personal story. When I was in my senior year in high school in New Jersey, my English teacher was named Mr. Dingle. <laughs> it really was his name, and you can imagine the nicknames we came up with for that guy. But just before graduation, he spent the better part of a class period making predictions about our futures. So for some students, he lathered on the praise and he predicted really great things. And for some of those people, he had all sorts of great stuff to say about what they were going to accomplish in their lives. But for some of us, I guess he had less esteem for us and he really had less hope for our futures and he wasn't really as kind. So when he came to me as he went around the room, he said, you know, Carlson, uh, let's see, Carlson's going to end up being an insurance salesman. And everybody laughed, and I sat there kind of stunned. I may have laughed nervously, I can't really remember, but I remember the moment so clearly when he said that. And you know, I know a lot of insurance salespeople, and, and they're really kind, they're really skilled people, and they sell insurance for a living and support their families, and they do great work, and insurance is really important. But the point is here that we had just read Tennessee Williams' Death of a Salesman that semester. And I know he was using that prediction as a pejorative picture of my future. You see, I was a burgeoning art student at the time. I was a painter. I was a sculptor. I drew all the time. 
you know what? I think Mr. Dingle didn't believe in my talent and my aspirations. But you know what? At that time, I laughed it off, I guess. But I was actually deeply hurt that this misguided teacher would paint my future in such broad strokes with such a negative tone. And it really did impact me deeply. And I think I internalized his predictions for a long time. It was nothing against insurance salesmen, but it was that he didn't see me for who I was. And he tried to plant that thought virus in my head. You know, knowingly or unknowingly, Mr. Dingle really did his best to plant that thought virus deeply in my psyche. And whether it was based on his own failed artistic ambitions, or maybe he had desires to be an artist and never really realized it, but he had power over us. He held the power in that classroom. And that thought virus could have ruined me. But I think I really did end up using my resistance to that thought virus as fuel for my ambition. So listeners, nurses, everyone who's listening out there, what thought viruses do you think have been planted in your brain? What thought viruses make you blow interviews, say self-deprecating things about yourself, or maybe otherwise keep you from reaching for greater satisfaction and empowerment in your life? On the bigger scale, what nursing thought viruses hold you back? What thought viruses keep you down? And what thought viruses maybe serve to thwart your forward movement in your professional life? You know, I may be on a soapbox here, but you know, it's my podcast and I can preach if I want to. From the vantage point of my thought virus soapbox, I want to tell you, you need to reject any thought virus that you're fed. Reject it, beat it back with a stick, bury it in the ground. Avoid internalizing it, no matter how much you hear it repeated over and over and over again. Don't let those thought viruses hold you back in your personal life and don't let them hold you back in your professional life. You have to own your professional standing as a nurse or healthcare professional. You need to own your skills, feel pride in your accomplishments. And if someone disses you for thinking outside the box, you know what? Smash that box. Act like it doesn't even exist in the first place. You know, folks, thought viruses don't have any place in your head or in your heart. You need to reject them. Replace them with antiviral thoughts that give you life, that lift you up, that elevate you, that elevate the profession, and that empower you to embrace your gifts and step out into the world with power and confidence in yourself. And empower you to embrace your gifts and step out into the world with power and confidence as a nurse, as a physical therapist, whatever it is you do out there. You need to embrace that and reject those thought viruses that are threatening to hold you back and infect you with a lack of self-confidence and self-esteem. So, you know, I hope today's rant on thought viruses sits well with you, and I hope you can take this inspiration and run with it. So shoot me an email at keith at nursekeith.com and let me know what thought viruses have infected you and how you've overcome them or how you plan to vanquish them in the near future. So folks, have a great week. Keep moving forward. Get those thought viruses out of your head. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you here again on The Nurse Keith Show. Thanks for listening to The Nurse Keith Show. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from today's episode, and I encourage you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your career satisfaction and professional development. 
Be sure to follow the show on iTunes, follow at Nurse Keith on Twitter, like Nurse Keith Coaching on Facebook, and email me at keith at nursekeith.com with your questions and comments. Stay positive, care for yourself and others, keep moving your career forward, and tune in again as we explore how to make your nursing and healthcare career better than you ever imagined.